0: Welcome to this Pure Voice activity. To access the entire activity, including downloadable slides and transcript, go to www.purevoice.com forward STD. This activity is supported by an educational grant from GSK Limited. Welcome to this Pure Voice activity on urinary tract infections. This activity comprises six streaming episodes from Professors Michael Shea and Kurt Knobber. At any time during this presentation, you may download supporting materials and share this activity with colleagues. Well, hello. I'm Michael Shea from Washington, D.C. in the United States. Uh, Welcome to this activity, Differentiating UTIs from STIs in Primary Care Cases in Practice. Uh, In this first presentation, we'll address practical challenges in identifying UTIs and differentiating them from STIs. We'll also review the importance of antimicrobial stewardship, and learners will be presented with the consequences of suboptimal diagnosis and management and the barriers to effective consultations. Uh, UTIs are estimated to affect about 150 million people worldwide. It's more common in women than in men. Uh, UTIs and uh, STIs often have uh, commonalities in terms of symptoms which can complicate uh, diagnosis. And treating UTIs is becoming increasingly challenging uh, due to antibiotic resistance. Uh, UTIs can be classified in a number of ways, including uh, how they present, uh, specifically cystitis, which is infection and inflammation of the bladder, uh, pyelonephritis, which is uh, kidney infection and inflammation, and urosepsis, where uh, urinary tract infection has spread into the bloodstream. There are both uncomplicated and complicated UTIs, uncomplicated UTIs occur in immunocompetent individuals who have no comorbidities, are not pregnant, and are premenopausal, whereas complicated UTIs occur in patients uh, who are catheterized, have abnormal urinary tract uh, anatomy or function, uh, presence of concomitant uh, comorbidities, or who have failed previous medical treatment of their UTIs. UTIs can also be classified according to their source, whether they're community-acquired and healthcare-associated, which includes uh, hospital-acquired UTIs. In terms of strategies for identifying UTIs uh, with regards to symptoms, Uh, Lower UTIs, in other words cystitis, uh, can feature dysuria, urgency, uh, suprapubic pain, and uh, sometimes low-grade fevers. Now this symptomatology can overlap significantly with upper urinary tract infections such as pyelonephritis with again uh, patients exhibiting dysuria, urgency, um, and pain but in uh, some cases of pyelonephritis, some distinguishing features can include acute flank pain, nausea, vomiting, uh, high fevers, chills, and extreme uh, fatigue. With regards to physical exam uh, findings, uh, lower urinary tract infections as well as upper urinary tract infections can feature cloudy, malodorous urine. Um, green coloration from pseudomonas infections, as well as hematuria. There are important challenges to uh, appropriate diagnosis of UTIs, a lack of specific signs and symptoms, no definitive diagnostic criteria, a high incidence in the population of asymptomatic bacteria, uh, sample contamination um, A lack of consistent indications for ordering urine cultures. And in patients with suspected UTIs who are prescribed an antibiotic and have a urine sent for culture, um, as many as um, 66% have a confirmed UTI, but this can be as low as one quarter. So what are the consequences of not optimally diagnosing and managing UTIs? Well, first of all, uh, this can result in inappropriate administration of antimicrobials, which in turn can lead to adverse drug events, the emergence of antimicrobial resistance, and in some cases under or miss treatment. In terms of distinguishing between uh, sexually transmitted infections and UTIs, patient history can be helpful to help distinguish between uh, UTIs versus STIs, also understanding the patient's ongoing lower urinary tract symptoms uh, can uh, contribute to successful diagnosis. Some STIs have symptoms in common with UTIs, including pain or burning with urination. However, additional symptoms of STIs that are distinct can include uh, dysperunia, uh, pain during intercourse, uh, genital lesions such as rashes, blisters, or sores, a sore throat, uh, urethral discharge, and spotting in between uh, menstrual periods. Uh, STIs um, that are common and can be confused. with UTIs TIs include uh, chlamydial infections, gonorrhea, as well as uh, urethritis. Uh, In terms of suboptimal diagnosis of UTIs versus STIs, uh, this was a two-month observational cohort study to examine the accuracy of diagnosing UTIs versus STIs in adult women presenting with uh, genital urinary symptoms at an urban academic emergency department. Of the over 260 women enrolled, the majority were treated without performing a urine culture during routine care. Now, when combining routine care and study-associated urine cultures, only 48% of these women actually had a positive urine culture. Almost one quarter had one or more positive tests for STIs, and 37% of them did not receive treatment for an STI within a week of their emergency department visit, and more than half, 64%, were diagnosed with a UTI instead of an STI. So this really highlights the importance of accurate diagnosis, um, and the mainstay of diagnosis uh, involves urine analysis, urine cultures, um, nucleic acid amplification, Again, for uh, N. gonorrhea, uh, C. trachomatis, and uh, T. vaginalis. And there is also value uh, for screening for mycoplasma and urea plasma um, in some patients. Uh, What are barriers to effective consultations in these settings? Uh, There are many factors that uh, can make uh, consultations difficult. First of all, uh, not... um, understanding the patient's needs uh, and also the provider's intentions, uh, time constraints in terms of visits, uh, a lack of uh, diagnostic skills um, as well as uh, interpersonal uh, skills to initiate an optimal dialogue to uh, diagnose based on history of possible UTI or STI. Um, a prior history of being prescribed antimicrobials can lead to patient expectations of antimicrobials even uh, in circumstances where they may not be appropriate. An important concept uh, in managing UTIs and STIs is antimicrobial stewardship. And what do we mean by that? So a stewardship for the purposes of this presentation refers to interventions um, that are designed to optimize appropriate use of antimicrobials in order to balance uh, optimal patient outcomes with uh, decreased risk of inducing antimicrobial resistance and uh, decreasing unnecessary healthcare costs. Now, some key assumptions uh, underlie antimicrobial stewardship efforts For example, uh, we assume that prescribing behaviors can be changed by providers, that use of antimicrobials is a primary driving force in the development of antimicrobial resistance, and therefore that decreasing antimicrobial use will lead to a decrease in resistance to those and other uh, antimicrobials. And finally, we do assume that appropriate use of antimicrobials will improve patient outcomes while reducing healthcare costs. In UTIs, uh, antimicrobial stewardship uh, should involve only using antimicrobials when appropriate. So, for example, in asymptomatic bacteriuria, um, only patients who are pregnant or who are about to undergo urologic surgery should be routinely treated. It's also important to choose the uh, appropriate antimicrobial. Um, Now, for many UTIs, before we have culture results, this is based on empirical uh, choice. Um, Ideally, one would want to choose drugs with uh, low uh, risks of adverse effects. Um, Fluoroquinolones, for example, should be chosen very carefully, um, if at all. Um, for uncomplicated UTIs, um, as well as uh, complicated UTIs, pre-treatment urine cultures uh, are very important to help de-escalate uh, antibiotics once the culture results uh, come back. Um, this helps to narrow... Um, the spectrum of antimicrobials prescribed. It's also important to consider appropriate duration of therapy. For instance, short courses of treatment for cystitis are um, indicated in almost all cases. And even in some uh, types of complicated UTIs, short courses um, can still be efficacious. There are uh, potential non-antimicrobial preventive strategies for recurrent uncomplicated lower urinary tract infections. Uh, Although the levels of evidence for these various approaches vary, um, in most cases the potential risk-benefit ratio is favorable and it is worth considering these measures. So to summarize, distinguishing between UTIs and STIs can be quite challenging because of overlapping uh, symptom sets and because both uh, types of infections are associated with uh, abnormalities on urinalysis. It's important to optimize diagnosis of UTIs in order to um, assist with antimicrobial uh, stewardship. Through better recognition of UTI, associated signs and symptoms, uh, use of urine testing and consultation with patients, um, we as clinicians should be able to reduce uh, potential diagnostic errors and inappropriate use of antibiotics, which ultimately will be crucial in improving patient outcomes uh, through optimal antimicrobial stewardship. Uh, Hello in these next micro episodes we will discuss the key aspects to reach correct diagnoses and uh, treatment strategies. So the purpose of each case is for clinicians to consider the principles of antibiotic stewardship uh, when deciding whether it's appropriate to start antibiotic treatment immediately refer the patient to another provider or perform diagnostic tests to establish a more specific antibiotic regimen. Uh, I'd like to welcome my dear colleague, Kurt Naber, for the discussions. I'm thankful to be with you in
1: this discussion on a very important topic because many patients are suffering from urinary tract infection. Now, uh, the first patient I would like to discuss with you is a 30-year-old woman and uh, she calls her primary care physician after just finishing a course of antibiotics for an upper respiratory tract infection, with complaints now, now with complaints of dysuria, foul smelling urine, frequency to void, but only able to get out a few drops of at a time. She has had a Abdominal discomfort for the past five days, endorses lower back pain, and but denies any hematuria with urination. She denies nausea, vomiting, and denies also having fever. She is a type 1 diabetic, and uh, she recently used antibiotics for upper respiratory infection. We have to consider this. And she has a history of chlamydial infection at the age of 19. She's sexually active. Should we ask the patient more information about the antibiotic for her upper respiratory tract infection? What do you think?
0: Well, I would say that um, it's important to assess symptoms that are potentially associated with the UTI Uh, This patient in particular has complaints which are all potentially uh, compatible with the UTI. Uh, According to the FDA, there are four main uh, sets of symptoms that can be used to help diagnose acute um, uncomplicated cystitis in women, including dysuria, uh, urinary frequency, urgency, as well as suprapubic pain and pyuria. There can be some overlap, especially with
1: cephalosporins, sometimes even with fluoroquinolones. Now, we talked about symptoms, and I think it's very difficult to say uh, just the symptoms, frequency, and so on. We have to differentiate. So, we developed the so-called acute cystitis symptom score. This is a self-reporting questionnaire, and we asked, for the typical symptoms. In severity, if we use for the typical symptoms a summary score of six and higher, then the diagnostic sensitivity on specificity of the diagnosis is about 90%. What should we do further investigations? Urinalysis, culture, urine culture, or what else?
0: So I would say that for patients who have very infrequent, uh, acute, uncomplicated cystitis, it's not mandatory to perform urine testing. Uh, However, for patients who are suffering from recurrent infections, complicated infections, or if patients have had uh, recent antibiotic treatment, then I would recommend urinalysis and urine culture. Yeah, I think that this is, that is conformed
1: with all the guideline, international guidelines, that a patient who has sporadic urinary tract infection, that is not a problem. But of course, if you can do a urinalysis, it may be helpful. What kind of treatment should we start?
0: So I, I think that again, for patients with infrequent sporadic uncomplicated acute um, cystitis. It is reasonable to empirically start antibiotics. Uh, some of the options uh, include nitrofurantoin, uh, phosphomycin, uh, piv uh, trimethoprim, or uh, cotrimoxazole. However, an important caveat is to ensure that local uh, rates of resistance to these commonly used antibiotics for UTIs is less than roughly 20%. Um, It is very reasonable to start with uh, empiric antibiotics, uh, but um, if during the first three days, of a UTI if a patient elects to not take antibiotics and tries, for example, ibuprofen and expectant management. If if they aren't improving, then at that point it may make sense to start antibiotics.
1: Yeah, I think that's a very good idea. Start with uh, symptomatic therapy first. It has been uh, shown in good studies we can save a lot of antibiotics because More than half of the patients will not need an antibiotic. Of course, you need to involve the patient in this decision. You cannot just tell him, do this or that. The patient has to understand what is going on. Thank you.
0: So for our second uh, micro-episode patient case, uh, we have an 80-year-old woman who is staying at a long-term nursing home uh, and unfortunately has cognitive uh, issues due to a cerebrovascular accident from four years ago. She has a history of frequent UTIs and over the last year has been admitted to the hospital for infection episodes and has received multiple rounds of antibiotics. Uh, her, during her most recent course of antibiotics, she developed C. difficile infection. Uh, Her son, who often visits her and is very involved in her care, has noticed that his mother is sleepier than normal and that her urine is malodorous. Uh, The son thinks that his mother may have another UTI and wishes her to be started on antibiotics immediately. So, uh, Professor Nauberb, do you think that the attending physician should prescribe antibiotics? And if so, or if not, uh, why?
1: I tell you, most of the physicians will do that. But whether this is correct, I, I we, we, we have to discuss. I think this is a much uh, a more difficult case as I have presented because this patient has, if she has a UTI, then she has a complicated urinary tract infection and uh, uh then we have uh, to look for the symptoms of course and if the symptoms are not so severe that we have to start right away with antibiotics here in this case i think we should have first urinary urinalysis even urine culture if possible at least we have we should have a urine culture before we start an antibiotic therapy because this woman has had may, maybe all the antibiotics which are normally available for many infections she has in the past years. And therefore, um, we can assume that um, if she has an urinary tract infection, this will be caused by a fairly resistant pathogen
0: it seems that uh, we're in agreement that it would be appropriate in this situation. Now, assuming this is a UTI, uh, what do you think would be appropriate uh, antibiotics to start with?
1: Let's assume we have taken a urine sample and sent it to the laboratory and we started to use a broad-spectrum antibiotic. Maybe uh, for example, uh, third-generation cephalosporin. That would be my first choice. Maybe most urologists would use fluoroquinolones, but we know from the FDA and EMA, we have to be careful with fluoroquinolones in general, because they are rare, but severe side effects, which um, might be not good, especially in elderly patients. If we get the, the laboratory results back, then even in such a patient, I would think one could use a fluoroquinolone. Uh, But for the so-called empiric therapy, we need the local resistant
0: pattern. Uh, Thank you. So to summarize this case, in complicated UTIs such as in this patient, it is important to look at uh, the microbiology results Uh, Diagnostic tests such as urinalysis and urine cultures really are vital in terms of providing key information to guide treatment. And in situations where antibiotics are not initiated immediately, uh, it is important, of course, for primary care providers to explain to patients uh, the reasons to not start antibiotics. Um, Since in many elderly patients, there are other causes for the symptoms as presented in this case.
1: Now we go to a, a third case. And this is a 23-year-old woman. She was married a year ago. She has experienced five attacks of acute cystitis, all characterized by dysuria, increased frequency, urgency. Each case was diagnosed on the basis of the clinical picture, symptoms, and laboratory urinalysis finding bacteriuria. Now, uh, lab tests indicated different pathogens. She usually have used trimetoprim sulfamethoxazole short-term therapy for three days. And now she had a total at an interval of three weeks to three months, always recurrences after completion of antibiotic therapy. What kind of specific UTI that this patient has, Dr. Shear.
0: Well, I think that um, the differential diagnosis for this patient, of course, does include acute cystitis, especially in a patient who has had recurrent uh, UTIs. Uh, This also could potentially be a more complicated UTI, uh, as well as vaginitis or urethritis. Uh, In this particular patient, uh, acute uh, uh, urinary cystitis uh, is defined. Current cystitis is if there's three or more episodes during one year or two or more episodes during six months. Now, if we consider the principle of antibiotic
1: stewardship, of course, then we, we have to again to think about. Can we start antibiotic therapy or should we refer this to specific investigations to another professional? What specific antibiotic regimen
0: should we give? Although some of the colony counts um, of past urine cultures were quite high, other colony counts were low in the um, 10 to the fourth organisms per ml range. Uh, There is a belief among some providers that lower colony counts do not equate to a UTI, when really, I think that in any patient with uh, compelling UTI symptoms, even a low colony count can represent a UTI. So from that perspective, uh, I think that it is an option to start antibiotics in a patient like this who is having uh, typical recurrent uh, symptoms. Uh, in terms of referring to another professional, I think the the reason to consider referral is that this patient is having so many recurrent episodes. Um, that being said, you know these episodes have not appeared to be complicated UTIs. There's no evidence of pyelonephritis, for instance. So I don't think it's absolutely mandatory to refer a patient like this to a urologist or another professional Uh, and then in terms of additional diagnostic tests um, you know i do think that the mainstay of urinalysis and urine culture is still uh, important even in a patient like this usually, of course, with short-term antibiotic therapy
1: for uh, these so-called sporadic UTI is enough. We, again, we use phosphomycin or nitrofurantoin. pifmexilinam. Pifmexilinam is not available in all countries. In Germany, we even have another very old drug, nitroxoline. We could use cotrimoxazole, or, I like better, trimetoprim mono- Why? Because uh, sulfamethoxazole does not add much. However, it can add some side effects. And therefore, I, we usually, um, uh, recommend to use trimetoprim alone. Fluoroquinolones should not be used. And third generation cephalosporins should also not be used. Fluoroquinolones because of uh, the side effects I have mentioned, and uh, both uh, because they can select resistant pathogens. And if we need them for severe infections, then we have resistant pathogens in this uh, patient. Um, In pregnancy, cephalosporins are often used also
0: for acute uncomplicated cystitis. So for our uh, fourth patient case, we have a 20-year-old woman uh, who is attending university, and she begins experiencing increasing urinary frequency and urgency as well as dysuria for two days. Over the next 12 hours, these uh, symptoms persist, and she begins to develop uh, hematuria, bloody urine. Uh, the patient then uh, contacts her primary care provider for advice. In terms of past medical history, the patient has not had uh, similar episodes in the past. She has recently become sexually active and using a diaphragm with spermicide. Um, so, uh, Professor Nabra, what do you think uh, the preliminary diagnosis uh, could be?
1: If we treat the patient, Let's say short-term therapy and after five days there's still blood in the urine. Then you have to be cautious. We have to investigate this patients very thoroughly for other uh, diseases. Uh, hemorrhagic cystitis will disappear very prompt after treatment. Then the other question is, does she has uh, sexual transmitted diseases? And um, what kind of STD test should we do? What do you think?
0: In this particular patient, uh, the lack of general lesions or purulent discharge uh, argue a little bit against an STD, but, uh, you know, these symptoms in and of themselves do not rule in or rule out an STD. So, it is definitely a strong option to perform STD testing.
1: If the patient has no fever or really flunk pain, then I think we can uh, assume that the infection is determined to the bladder. But as we discussed before, in one or two or three percent, there might be the start of a palinephritis. We have to inform the patients that in some cases this can happen. And then, of course, she should inform the physician
0: immediately. If immediate antibiotic therapy is initiated, uh, you would want to use a a recommended antibiotic uh, based on uh, local resistance patterns. Um, But it is also an option to start uh, without antibiotics, um, NSAIDs such as ibuprofen, um, and in some countries, uh, phytodrugs. Uh, regardless of what is initiated, if it's not antibiotics, if symptoms are not alleviated by three days, then starting antibiotics uh, are indicated. So um, this patient had a CBC. There is very slight leukocytosis. The urine sediment shows um, a very large number of white blood cells, uh, red blood cells as well as bacteria, and a urine culture uh, grew 1,000 uh, organisms per ml. Um, now, in the meantime, Professor Navar, do you think we should wait for the results or not? Okay, in this patient's That's good that we
1: have urine sent to the laboratory, but I think we could start with short-term antibiotic therapy because short-term antibiotic therapy is three days and then we will get the results and then we know it was correct. Okay, we can finish. Or in cases it was not correct, then we, we, we still can switch to another antibiotic?
0: I think, based on the clinical picture as well as laboratory testing, we have confirmed a diagnosis of cystitis. Uh, again, we should not be routinely prescribing fluoroquinolones for uncomplicated UTIs, such as in this patient. Uh, trimethoprim is a good option, but uh, only if it makes sense in terms of local antibiograms. Uh, Welcome to this presentation on antibiotic stewardship and how to better implement it in clinical practice. A number of factors are contributing to a global increase in antibiotic resistance, uh, namely overuse of antibiotics, um, poor infection uh, prevention and control in healthcare facilities, a lack of awareness and knowledge as well as enforcement of legislation relevant to antibiotic use and uh, associated medical uh, cultural factors that influence antibiotic prescriptions. There is an important concept uh, regarding pathogens of concern. Um, As defined by the CDC, uh, a number of gram-negative pathogens uh, have the potential to become widespread crises Um, and require immediate attention, particularly in the context of UTIs. Uh, These organisms include uh, a synodobacter that can be carbapenem-resistant, in particular A. uh, Bamauni, uh, Enterobacteriaceae that are also carbapenem-resistant, namely Klebsiella and E. coli, and on the STI side, uh, gonorrhea, which in some cases, has become resistant to uh, tetracyclines, uh, suffixine, uh, ceftriaxone, and, and azithromycin. So many of the uh, antimicrobial agents currently in the pipeline are from existing classes, such as uh, carbapenems, aminoglycosides, and macrolids. Recently approved antibiotics, also all belong to existing classes and have very specific indications that limit their use in resistant infections. So we need novel uh, drugs with new mechanisms of action to combat uh, bacterial resistance. And among some of the novel antibiotics under development are novel bacterial topoisomerase 2 inhibitors, uh, such as uh, Gopatodesin and uh, Zolophodacin, as well as uh, Tortaizanon, um, whose mechanisms of action are still being defined. With regards to goals of antibiotic uh, stewardship, it's important uh, to remember that uh, stewardship refers to a set of commitments and activities designed to optimize treatment of infections, while reducing adverse events associated with antibiotic use. So the goals are to have the right drug for the right patient over the right time frame. In terms of education uh, regarding antibiotic stewardship, it's important for us to engage and educate patients and peers regarding antibiotic uh, stewardship efforts Uh, These efforts uh, ideally should be interactive, and face-to-face education, uh, which is challenging in these times, nevertheless has the strongest evidence for improving knowledge regarding stewardship. Uh, Other features of effective uh, communication are that it is uh, complete, clear, brief, and timely. It's important to regularly train uh, staff in optimal use of antibiotics. Uh, It's also important to adhere to guidelines, uh, consult as needed with infectious disease specialists and microbiologists, uh, to audit our adherence to uh, antibiotic use guidelines and treatment outcomes, and finally, to regularly monitor and provide feedback to providers regarding their prescription performance, uh, as well as local uh, antibiotic resistance profiles. Uh, it's important when considering antimicrobial stewardship uh, to consider not just existing dia- diagnostic technologies, but also upcoming uh, diagnostic techniques. So. Uh, Currently, I think many people in this audience are familiar with the concept of urine dipsticks and microscopy, uh, which can help with a point of care uh, choice of empiric antibiotics. Uh, Definitive identification of pathogens in current practice involves growth of uh, samples on uh, auger and other forms of media. as well as automated biochemical uh, detection of features of bacteria that can help uh, with choice of antibiotics. In terms of upcoming technologies, uh, there are many uh, exciting techniques such as lateral flow immunoassays, uh, rapid optical screening, uh, as well as molecular biosensors and molecular approaches such as multiplex PCR Uh, as well as uh, sequencing. Now, these new point-of-care approaches could potentially be combined with more comprehensive testing uh, for uh, antibiotic resistance using uh, molecular methods, for instance, Uh, and hopefully this will bring about an age of precision medicine for UTIs where we individually tailor antibiotic therapy in order to optimize antimicrobial stewardship. So to summarize, uh, antibiotics are precious and limited medical resources and unfortunately inappropriate and unnecessary use of antibiotics is common. Uh, Stewardship of antibiotics is a critical approach to improving use of antibiotics with the hopes of uh, optimizing individual as well as societal outcomes. And guidelines for antibiotic stewardship can help us as healthcare professionals, as well as policymakers, in implementing antibiotic stewardship programs in our local communities. This has been an activity published by Pierre Voice.